abortion. Well, based on the episode title, you know today's topic, abortion. With abortion again taking up a lot of space on news feeds across the country, I thought I would drop an episode regarding abortion. Fucking taboo, right? Everyone knows the classic trope of abortion, right? The woman is a slut, gets knocked up, and then uses abortion as birth control. Except that doesn't fucking happen, most of the time. Because there is so much shame and stigma regarding this subject, stories about abortion are dwarfed by the statistics. I think that disparity in statistics and the human story contributes to the complete lack of nuance in any conversation regarding abortion. Who recently saw the article floating around about the New York law allowing infanticide? How many people shared that without doing any research to the accuracy and implementation of such a practice? I've said it before and I'll say it again. The language that we use fucking matters. I want to highlight a few definitions as an example. Abortion. The deliberate termination of a human pregnancy, most often performed during the first 28 weeks of pregnancy. See also concerns such as abortion and euthanasia, synonyms, termination, miscarriage, rare um, infanticide. Used in a sentence, she had an abortion. Elective abortion. An elective abortion is the um, interruption of a pregnancy before the 20th week of gestation at the woman's request for reasons other than maternal health or fetal disease. Miscarriage. The expulsion of a fetus from the womb before it is able to survive independently, especially especially spontaneously or as the result of an accident. His wife had a miscarriage. Synonyms. Spontaneous abortion. Stillbirth. She's had a miscarriage. Used in a sentence. Natural abortion or spontaneous abortion. A miscarriage that is any pregnancy that is not viable meaning the fetus cannot survive, or in which the fetus is born before the 28th week of pregnancy. A spontaneous abortion is as opposed to an induced abortion. A spontaneous abortion is a miscarriage. Let's just be clear on that. Partial birth abortion, a late-term abortion of a fetus that has already died or is killed before being completely removed from the mother. Late-term abortion, The third trimester or 28th week of gestation or the point of which an abortion becomes late term is often related to the viability, which is the ability to survive outside the uterus of the fetus, of course. Sometimes late term abortions are referred to as post-viability abortions. Pro-choice. Advocating legalized abortion. Anti-choice opposed to a pregnant woman's choice of a medically induced abortion. Pro-life, opposing abortion and euthanasia. Whew, what a breakdown when one considers that there are two sides to this political coin. You're either a baby murderer or you're a liberal that has no moral compass. Oh wait, that's the same side of the coin. So moral Christian-based reasoning is most often used as a counter-argument, which I won't get into the fact that the same people that are staunchly pro-life only carry the burden in their hearts when it comes to life in the womb. Then they're fair game for cages, right? But seriously, the hypocrisy of being pro-life while being anti-funding of fucking everything is getting real old GOP. 
So if Roe was overturned tomorrow, New York put laws on the books to continue state protection. Because if Roe is overturned, abortion becomes illegal in the eyes of the federal government. And if abortion, as it is known in its different forms, because illegal, you know, because it becomes illegal, what will happen? Women will die in many ways. Botched abortions, fetal remains that rot and cause blood poisoning, a cancer diagnosis will be a death sentence, prioritizing the life of the unborn over the life of the mother that is living, possibly leaving other children behind. Women that don't die will carry babies without brain stems to full term to watch them try to gasp a breath and try to cry before they die before their parents' eyes. Women that don't die will experience infertility issues in the future if there are any remnants of a previous natural abortion miscarriage. And the mental toll it will have on women, well, we can't begin to imagine what that would look like to women and men. One thing I would like to add um, that is still controversial Mental illness is a reason to have an abortion. If a person isn't mentally stable enough to care for themselves or for another being that is reason enough to abort a pregnancy in the first trimester, that's my opinion. Becoming a parent is a mindfuck like nothing else in the world. Even the most stable of people can have a difficult time adjusting to parenthood. Now, ask someone with schizophrenia or unmanaged bipolar to handle the stresses of becoming a parent. Yes, I hear you screaming, but what about adoption? I think there are certainly cases where that's the best option, but that can't be the fail-safe for making abortion illegal. You know what can't be adopted? Rotting fetal remains, a baby with no brain stem, a child with a birth defect detected during pregnancy that is fatal. Those babies will sadly never grow to know what love is. They can't be adopted, and the woman will wear those scars for the rest of her life. And because this is so fucking heavy and depressing... I've um, made a little game. It's called Stay Out of My Uterus, Bro. It's kind of a working title. So a couple of uh, fun facts, fun by uh, the standards of what the fuck. The burial of fetal remains was fucking mandatory for like a hot second. The Texas legislator passed the law in 2017. It would have required hospitals, abortion clinics, and other providers to arrange for the burial of or cremation of fetal remains, regardless of a patient's personal wishes or religious beliefs, and regardless of whether the remains were from an abortion or miscarriage. There's an amazing piece by the failing New York Times. I kid, they're amazing. Um, I'll post it in the show notes or on Twitter, um, but I'm going to break down the basics, but I highly recommend that you read the article. I think we need to hear more personal stories and forget about the statistics. Each one of those cases is different from the rest. So looking at the numbers isn't helpful with respect to furthering our understanding of what drives the decision to abort. So this article is from December 28th, 2018, um, titled When Prosecutors Jail a Mother for a Miscarriage. Um, So you might be surprised to learn that in the United States, a woman coping with the heartbreak of losing her pregnancy might also find herself facing jail time. Say she got in a car accident in New York or gave birth to a stillborn in Indiana. In such cases, women have been charged with manslaughter. In fact, a fetus need not die for the state to charge a pregnant woman with a crime. Women who fall down the stairs, who ate a poppy seed bagel and failed a drug test, or who took legal drugs during pregnancy prescribed by their doctors have all been accused of endangering their children. B.B. Shui, 
was eight months pregnant and depressed when she tried to kill herself in 2010. She was rushed to the hospital and survived, but her baby died a few days later. She was charged with murder. Mrs. Shui was one of uh, one of a several hundred pregnant women who have faced criminal charges since 1973 for acts seen as endangering their pregnancies, according to National Advocates for Pregnant Women, which has completed the only peer-reviewed study of arrests and forced interventions on pregnant women in the United States. I would just like to say that um, you can't refuse service of alcohol to a pregnant woman and still we're letting this shit go down. What the fuck? These criminal statutes are a result of a tried-and-true playbook, part of a strategic campaign to establish fetal rights, reverse Roe versus Wade, and recriminalize abortion. The sequence begins with anti-abortion groups seizing upon a tragic case in which a woman loses her pregnancy because of someone else's actions. Think Lacey Peterson. Public outcry then helps to strengthen a state feticide law that recognizes such lost pregnancies as murder or manslaughter. It's a backdoor way of legally defining when life begins, which why I will not get to in uh, this podcast episode, but, you know, maybe someday. Uh, it should be noted women of color and the poor are immediately targeted. Targeted. In reality, women charged with pregnancy-related crimes are often poor and non-white, without adequate access to education, health care, and job opportunities. About 7 out of 10 women charged cannot afford a lawyer um, to defend themselves, according to the National Advocates for Pregnant Women. Black women made up 52% of the cases recorded from 1973 to 2005 by National Advocates for Pregnant Women. Many of these women were arrested during the crack epidemic of the 1980s and the 1990s. I could do a whole episode on that. The punitive response to pregnant black women who used cocaine set a standard for treating addiction while pregnant as a criminal matter rather than a public health concern. In recent years, the opioid epidemic and the spike in methamphetamine addiction before it has begun to change the racial makeup of those arrested since white Americans more often use both drugs. Anti-abortion activists have patiently been working to pass fetal protection laws not only in hopes of establishing that a fetus is a person entitled to full rights, but also to create a vehicle for overturning Roe v. Wade. Many of these activists are hoping that the new conservative majority of the Supreme Court is prepared to take that step. We'll see this year, Brett Kavanaugh. Alabama, which has prosecuted more pregnant women in the name of fetal protection than almost any other state in the union, um, last month became the only state to amend its constitution to give unborn children the right to life, a guarantee that conflicts with the legal protections enshrined in Roe. Alabama, the home of that little... um, disgusting-looking elf, Jeff Sessions, and other states would better serve the interests of children by putting less energy into manufacturing legal fights and more into ensuring the dignity and protection of women. Preach, New York Times. So check out the full piece. It's long, but it's worth the read. Because white men are writing this legislation, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I'll close out this episode with a personal anecdote. My worst miscarriage happened in a bathtub, and the fetal remains were flushed down the toilet. Because what else is one supposed to do with a few cups of blood and fetal tissue? Like, logistically, how would that work? I'd grab a plastic bag and fish fetal material from my toilet so I could bury it or cremate it, and within 24 hours? 24 hours isn't even enough time to be up and walking after a miscarriage. 
Making the heartbreak a criminal act is just despicable and shows why we need true representation in government. What in the actual fuck were you thinking, Texas? Say it with me, ladies. Stay out of my fucking uterus. Also, do men know that if they make abortion illegal, they're going to be on the hook for more babies financially? And if women are dying all over the place, who are going to, you know, who's going to watch all those kids? Certainly not the men. Anyway, thank you for listening to this off-the-cuff episode of Taboo and Murder. I think I'm going to go to an every-other-week schedule because my life is insane. So um, reach out on Twitter at SMTaboo if you have any questions, comments, um, constructive criticism, or if you would like to um, contribute a story or if you would like to suggest um, an episode topic. Again, that is... um, SM Taboo over on Twitter. Um, I would greatly appreciate if you could leave a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Um, Thanks for listening and don't sue me. Bye.